You're listening to the Morning KLH. Doreen is off. Mark is hanging out with me, and it's time to talk to our Green and Gold Insider, three-time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, and co-host of Wilde and Tausch on ESPN Radio here in Milwaukee. Jason Wilde, good morning. Welcome to the show. How you doing, Jason? Uh, I think I might have moved to Seattle, the amount of rain we've gotten up here in the last three days. I, I feel know. like it rains nine months of the year in Seattle. It's yeah. been brutal, but otherwise I'm great. So I want to ask you how realistic it is that Brian Gutekunst, with five days left till the trading deadline, will go out and reinforce the roster and try to trade for some veterans. Do you think that's going to happen, or is he completely locked in with this young roster and he wants to see how they do? Yeah, I, I read Tom Silverstein's column in the Journal Sentinel, too, and, and I don't disagree with him that um, this team could use an infusion of guys who know what the hell they're doing. Um, but uh, I think they're married to this approach. I really do. I, you know, if you listen, and we talked about this from the moment I started coming on for this year during training camp, like Goody talked a bunch about how the idea is for the young skill position players and the first-year starting quarterback all grow together and that there were going to be growing pains and there were going to be mistakes. And that's exactly what they've gotten. And while I thought Tom made good points, I don't think they're going to change course now. I mean, now granted, the NFC is pretty bad. And even though the Packers are sitting at two and four, it's bad enough that you're definitely not out of it by any stretch. But, and, and I would also say that if somehow this team managed to get into the playoffs with this young group mm-hmm. and those guys got that playoff experience in a year where you were maybe not anticipating getting it, that would be a huge bonus. But I, I don't see them augmenting the roster. You know, I think Goody's excited to have some higher than toward the end of the round draft picks for each round and the idea of, of adding more young talent that you don't get when you're you know, playing in the NFC Championship game and drafting 30th uh, every year or 31st every year when you're, when you're winning so much. So I, I, I don't see them being uh, sellers or buyers at the trade deadline on Halloween. I think they're most likely going to be stand pappers. But if, if they do, then you know, if Tom's column comes to fruition – then I'm really going to be curious because then what does that say about, is that an admission that maybe you went a little overboard with going as young as you chose to go with this team? And heaven forbid, let's say this trend downward continues. We have to evaluate whether or not Jordan Love is the quarterback of the future. But that being said, there's an awful good group of uh, quarterbacks coming out in this year's draft. Is that a possibility that maybe the trust that LaFleur has in Jordan Love waivers and we look toward who's going to be draftable next year. Well, Marcus, anything's possible, right? We all, we all learned that from Kevin Garnett many years ago and he's screaming after winning the NBA title. But I, I would say this. I have a hard time believing that anything that happens this year, even some really bad moments and some bad play from the quarterback, would change the two-year plan of figuring out whether or not he's good enough. I mean, you look at the contract, you know, they could have given him a fifth year option, which would have guaranteed him almost $21 million for 2024. And they chose not to. 
Instead, what they decided to do was do this kind of half measure of a contract, build in a bunch of incentives, which, oh, by the way, he's nowhere near hitting really any of them, um, and kind of buy themselves a year at a discounted rate so they could spend this year and next year figuring out if he's going to be good enough or not. And going back to my earlier point, they chose to build the team this way. And we've been talking about this all year, about how back in 2008, Aaron Rodgers didn't have, you know, Devontae Adams at the peak of his powers or Jordy Nelson at the peak of his powers. But he did have Donald Driver, who was a veteran. They did have a tight end named Donald Lee, who was a veteran. Greg Jennings was going into year three, which is there's a big difference between being a rookie or a second-year guy and being in your third season. Um, that's where you really start to understand things and make a jump, and that's what Greg Jennings did during the 08 season. So, you know, I don't know how effectively you can evaluate just how good Jordan Love is when he's surrounded by these guys that, you know, there's mistakes all the time. There's mistakes from the offensive linemen. There's certainly guys running wrong routes on a somewhat regular basis. Uh, You put that all together, and it makes it really hard to fully evaluate Jordan Love because a lot of things that are happening are not his fault. With Darnell Savage going on the injured reserve list and Eric Stokes on injured reserve now, how badly was that going to hurt the, uh, you know, the pass defense against the upcoming opponents, which I see, I think, the next six games the Packers are underdogs. Yeah, and, and rightfully so, the way they're playing. Um, look, I, you know, I, I, was, I was impressed with Kirk Cousins on Monday night. and He, he, was, he was good. And, you know, LeFleur said that he's been... Uh, criminally underrated, uh, but he's a little biased because he was with Kirk when Kirk was a rookie in Washington. Oh, that's right. Um, but yeah. but I, I would say this, you know, Darnell Savage has had his ups and downs, uh, but I thought he had played pretty well this season. You know, he comes back from the calf injury that he suffered against the Raiders and then re-injures it, and now it's going to be out for at least four games. So you never want that, and it makes you wonder if he shouldn't have played at all then against Denver. Um, Eric Stokes, I feel terrible for. Here's a guy who suffers knee and foot injuries on November 6, 2022 in Detroit and comes back and plays the same amount of plays that Aaron Rodgers played this season, four, uh, and now is, is back on injured reserve with a hamstring injury. So those are really tough breaks. Uh, it's going to be Jonathan Owens at safety now, uh, who most fans know as Simone Biles' husband. Um, and then, you know, they went from having, you know, this champagne problem of how are you going to work Stokes in when you have both Jair Alexander and Rasul Douglas playing well, to now you don't have Stokes. Jair's back flared up, and he missed the game last Sunday. Rasul Douglas is the only one you've got that is really a proven commodity if, if Jair can't play. That's not a great recipe for winning uh, when, you're, when you've lost four of your last five games. Speaking of defenses, Minnesota uses the blitz an awful lot. One of the top defenses that do use the blitz. How do the Packers account for the Vikings' defense? Yeah, I saw a stat yesterday. This is unbelievable. So they they their blitz percentage went down slightly, even though they it felt like they were blitzing Brock Purdy nonstop on Monday. They have blitzed on fifty six point seven percent of the opposing quarterbacks' dropbacks. So obviously more than half in the last six years. According to Pro Football Reference, only one defense has been over 50% for a season. It was the 2019 Baltimore Ravens. So you think about six years times 32 teams, 
and they're doing something that nobody has done to the degree that they're doing it. Now, I think it's also important to point out that if you can block it up just enough to give your quarterback just enough time to get the ball out, they're obviously susceptible if they're sending that many pass rushers to getting big plays in the passing game. Uh, an example of that would be they blitzed this, – this stat blew me away. They blitzed Justin Herbert, the Los Angeles Chargers quarterback, on 82% of his passes. Wow. 82%. And yet, if you go back and look, Justin Herbert was like 40 for 47 through three touchdowns, and the Chargers won. So just being aggressive doesn't always compute to success. Now, Matt LaFleur made a good point yesterday that it looks like they, now they're not just blitzing to blitz, but now they actually are understanding things and are kind of getting their feet underneath them. That would be a scary prospect against a guy in Jordan Love who does not have a great offensive line in front of him the way that group is playing and not having Bakhtiari and has had guys not running routes correctly and has been a little indecisive himself just on plays where things were going as designed. So that that looks to me like a uh, cocktail that could be very problematic on Sunday. Jason, did you see the story about Joel Sherman, veteran baseball columnist for the New York Post, recently got a bizarre text from an unfamiliar number. The sender didn't identify himself, but in a tone suggesting he was a friend, asked him, who would you pick in the National League hotly contested MVP race in baseball? Sherman didn't answer, but he did push to find out who he was communicating with, and it turns out the sender was a writer for a betting website. And this under the guise of um, the headline of journalists have inside information. Gamblers may be trying to get it. Have you, have you found that people are asking you more questions regarding injuries and what might be coming up? Because, I mean, at this point, you can literally gamble on anything online. I mean, you could, watching baseball, they'll, they'll even pop up and say, if you want to gamble on this, you know, you go to this website right now. You can bet on a guy, what, like if the count is 0-2, if he's going to strike out. I mean, that's, yep. how, that's how finite that, you know, detailed that is. Yeah, all I get is Marcus asking for his fantasy football team. <laughs> well, um, hey, good. Go to the expert. Uh, and my favorite fantasy football story is uh, one of my good friends from high school. She was putting together her fantasy lineup once, and, and she asked me, hey, I got these two running backs. Who should I play? And one of them was Amon Green, uh, and they were playing the, the Lions that day. And I said, well, Amon Green's got a really good track record against the Lions. And he did run for 100 yards that day, but the other running back she had was Jamal Lewis from Baltimore, who set the NFL record for <laughs> rushing yards that day with over 300. So Marcus is smart enough not to ask me for advice. Uh, to your question, look, I, I, I'm, I don't want to turn this into a journalism lesson, but I, I love what I do. Like I've told you guys before, when I was a kid growing up in Milwaukee on the south side, I would read the Milwaukee Sentinel Sports section every morning with my Fruit Loops before I went off to St. Paul's Lutheran School. Uh, and then every afternoon before I did my homework, before I played uh, baseball with the neighbor boys, uh, I would read the journals sports section. Like I wanted to do this. I got my first issue of Sports Illustrated when I was in the fourth grade. So I, I'm really lucky. I get to do what I always wanted to be when I grew up. That said... The, the proliferation of betting makes me squeamish. I hate it. Uh, everything now, you know, these guys are, fantasy football is one thing, but all this other stuff, 
these guys are purely like money making commodities for some folks who watch sports now. Right. I don't think betting is particularly healthy. It's my own personal opinion. But I have not run into that. I've been really lucky that whether it's GKB or the State Journal or whoever I've written for, no one has expected me to kind of slant my writing toward giving advice on how to bet. I like telling guys stories. I got to tell a really good story about Don Tavion Wicks this week after he threw the pass in the in a game on, on Sunday that he actually played a little quarterback when he was in high school and his half-brother got him to play football. He wanted to play basketball, wow. and now here he is in the NFL. So that's the stuff that I really love doing. But it is it is troubling, and I do worry that folks that uh, maybe – I love these commercials too where they like give these – disclaimers and they speed up the the words as quickly as possible right. yeah. to get them all in in the commercial if you have a gambling problem uh, that is not what i signed up for i want to keep telling guys stories i want to keep making fans feel like they have a better understanding of what's happening on sundays and i hope i never have to change that it's a big weekend for you jason i know that you are excited because you're taking your family to see the taylor swift eras tour movie yeah, as Sydney is taking our family. Okay. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, we are going, uh, uh, as you guys know, uh, we are uh, a pink family first and foremost, but Sydney does enjoy uh, Taylor Swift. Maddie likes her music, but she does not want to be labeled a Swifty, so we have to make sure that we don't call her that. Okay. Uh, I have never seen a concert film in a theater before. Uh, so I think this will be really interesting, but yeah, I am, um, I, I will admit, I do have a playlist on my Spotify that has, uh, my personal favorite, uh, Taylor Swift song. So we are looking forward to this. So more importantly, have you picked out your era's outfit to wear for the movie? Uh, uh there were some shirts purchased for other people that, uh, live in my home, uh, but I am not going to do that. Well, because I was wondering, uh, are, you, are you going with the lover era where you can wear <laughs> pink and lavender, or maybe you want to do the reputation era where you're in a rock and roll red and black outfit, or, you know, for you, I, I would probably suggest the Evermore era where you get to wear flannels, maybe not so much the red era where you're <laughs> in a fedora and short shorts and pair of Converse. And if you really want to go out, Jason... Do the fearless era, a pink frilly cowboy hat, cowboy boots, and a sundress. That'll go over well with the family. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, is there an era where you wear a uh, Nike Oregon hoodie and basketball shorts? Because that would be the era that I have been living in for about <laughs> the last 15 to 20 years. The fact that Marcus knows all those different eras Isn't is that troubling? very troubling. It is extremely troubling. I mean... Yeah. And, and and the fact that he didn't have to do any googling or searching on this that no. he knew it from memory, no. he, yeah, not not not, not encouraging. I want to get to what what was before we let you go. What is your favorite Taylor Swift song? You said you referenced it, and so I've got a couple that okay. I really like. Uh, Christmas is coming, you know. Okay, and yeah. she sings a song called Christmas Tree Farm, right? That I really like. Well, listen uh, to Marcus, right? My... Yeah, Marcus know <laughs> Marcus knows every word. But anyway, go ahead. It's it's my uh, it's my go-to Christmas song. Uh, at the top of my playlist are King of My Heart, Style, Delicate, The Man, and Welcome to New York. Wow. 
okay. which I had never heard, by the way. Welcome to New York. I had never heard before. And Sydney was playing her playlist on her way to soccer practice or something. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, Uncle Aaron would really like this song. It sounds like a good song for him being in New York. It was right before he got hurt. And uh, so we, we said, I said, I learned a new song today. Uh, and congratulate, you know, good luck this season. And welcome to New York. And, and Sydney uh, included her note. And then two days later, he blew out his Achilles at mm. the fourth place. So maybe uh, Taylor Swift does not bring good luck, and maybe he needs to be more of a pink fan. Or maybe Creed would be better for him. That's a good yeah. point. Can good take point. him higher. All right, Jace, we'll let you get rolling. Thanks for the insight, as always. We'll talk Monday after the big game. I look forward to it, guys. Take care. Be good. You too. Jason Wilde, our Green and Gold Insider. Brought to you by Mr. Holland's Home Services. Call them, 866-992-1717 or mrhollandshomeservices.com. Jason Wilde, part of the morning KLH.